Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing what those risers cost. I, I couldn't believe it. But you know, everything costs. Have you ever noticed that? That we're supposed to be thankful tonight, aren't we? Let's be thankful. No, I want to just, uh, I want to share with you tonight on the two always of the New Testament. The two always of the New Testament. And let's just put Colossians 4, 2 up there. If you have a Bible, grab your Bible uh, and just hang on to it and say, this is the Word of God. Now, if you can't see it, if you don't want to call it Bible, I was talking to somebody this week who told me very honestly, they didn't get much out of it. I said, I just don't get much out of reading the Bible. I just, I, I wish I knew how to get something out of the Bible. I said, I said, well, then call it your battery charger. Call it your battery charger because you know to plug in your cell phone every night or it's going to die. Well, you're going you're gonna to spiritually run low if you don't open up the Bible and charge your battery. So let's just look at the end of the battery charger tonight, Colossians 4.2. This verse charges my battery. Read with me, would you? Let's stand together. Now you say, why do you always have a stand? Because they did that in Nehemiah chapter 8. In Nehemiah chapter 8, the people said, Nehemiah, would you read to us from the Word of God? He said, okay, but you're going to have to stand up. So they, he opened up the scriptures they had for that day, and everybody stood up in honor of him reading the Word. So you're honoring the Word when you stand up. That's why we do it. Now, read with me, would you? Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now let's pray together, Father. If we're not thankful, we're not happy. Lord, you have commanded us to be thankful, and I pray that tonight the Word of God speaks to us. And Lord, thank you for a thankful year. Now will you just kind of put your hand over your heart and say, Lord, change me tonight by the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say you're never going to be the same again. Now, I want you to notice um, that he gives us two things here. And these are the two always in the New Testament. Devote yourselves to prayer, that's the first one. And a thankful heart, that's the second one. Now, what you notice is that the twins of prayer and thanksgiving you run across all the time in the New Testament. Now, if you read Paul very much, and you ought to read Paul because that's the Word of God. But the Pauline Scriptures, what we call the Pauline Scriptures, you find that Paul loved to speak in threes. You know, faith, hope, and love. And he was always dealing in, in things in threes. But then there is this, this, these two always that he mentions a lot. And they are prayer mixed with thanksgiving. Now, how many of you know we need to pray? All right? But what about this? that in your praying, we're supposed to mix it with thanksgiving. Have you ever noticed that? Let me show you some verses here that, uh, where, he does, where he says the same thing. Here's 1 Thessalonians 5. We know these really well. But notice what he says. Never stop what? Read it with me, everybody, can we? Never stop praying. Never. And then look what he says. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. There's that twosome, praying and thankful. 
Mix your prayers with thanksgiving. Now here's another one. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what everyone? Pray about how much? Everything. You're supposed to pray about everything. Large and small. Pray about everything. Okay? Then he says, tell God what you need and thank Him. For all He has done, then you will experience God's peace. When do you experience God's peace? When you pray and you mix it with thanksgiving. All right? Now, I'm going to talk about why this is important in just a moment. But here's one more, 1 Timothy 2.1. He says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. And give thanks for them. So there's that twosome again. Pray, mixing, uh, mixing it with thanksgiving. So we're to pray and we're to thank. We're to pray and we're to thank. We are to be thankers. We are to think to thank. We are to be people of thanksgiving. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself to do it. Is anybody in here just naturally thankful all the time? Really? All the time. Well, there's a few major spiritual people. I'm not among them. Sometimes I have to, if I'm in rush hour traffic, Thanksgiving does not get all over me. It just doesn't. I don't think to thank. I have to remind myself, now you need, you need to be thankful. You've got to be thankful. There are several situations where I'm going to be honest with you. Thanksgiving does not come honestly or, 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 or casually to me. I have to remind myself to be thankful. And so uh, you've got to think to thank. You have to make up your mind that you're going to be a thankful person. And so there are some good verses. Now let me just talk to you about this for just a minute. Why this coupling of prayer and thanks. Let me give you four reasons why real quick, and then we're going to take up, or not take up, we're going to pass out uh, the Lord's Supper. But here's the first one. Thanksgiving is connected to spiritual alertness. Now, I can't tell you how important it is for you and me to be spiritually alert. That means watchful. That means you're aware of what's going on around you, not just physically, but spiritually. It's, it's a discernment thing. And he says that when you are, mix your prayer with thanksgiving, there is something about that that helps you to be spiritually alert. He says, continue in prayer and be alert in your prayers with thanksgiving. Now, I don't know what the connection is. I just know that it's there. And if the Word of God puts it there, then it's there and it's valid. When we remember to thank God, somehow it sharpens our discernment. And we're able to be more alert than, than normal. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're either alert or you're spiritually lethargic. You're spiritually asleep. There's a lot of Christians asleep in the light. No discernment. I think one of the things that amazes me more than any, any single thing about Christians in churches these days is the lack of discernment of what is good, what is bad, what is evil, what is, what is right, what is wrong, what God smiles on and what He doesn't, what He's against and what He's for, what is from the enemy and what is from God. That's discernment. And your discernment is sharpened with thanksgiving. Spiritual alertness and watchfulness and awareness are maintained by always regularly praying and thanking God. 
So it pays to be thankful. I mean, it's for your good and my good that we are thankful people. I mean, hey, you want a prescription, a spiritual prescription? Here it is. Be thankful, and it will hugely enhance your life. Now, here's the second reason these two are always combined. Thanksgiving is the key that unlocks the door of humility. How many of you ever wished you were more humble? You ever just, you know, you ever notice pride creeping in? You looking in the mirror and singing, there is none like you. You ever catch yourself just kind of thinking you're kind of, you're kind of, like Tim would say, a bag of chips and all that? Did you ever catch yourself just kind of feeling like, you know, you're the one, you're the man, you're the woman. And, and, and it's, it's easy in our world that inflates self to get proud. And I'm going to tell you, the, the, the key that unlocks the door to humility is thanksgiving. You say, well, why would that be? Because when you're thankful, you give God the glory and the glory gets off of you. You know, the, the Bible says, God makes it very clear, I will not share my glory with anyone. I will not share my glory with one man, one woman. You better be careful if you start walking in pride and thinking that all that's going on around you is because of you and you remove God from the blessing. Because if you remove God from the blessing, I'm going to tell you, pride precedes a fall. Listen to the, what the Word of God says here in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. This is one of my favorites. Paul asked the Corinthian church. They had a pride issue. They thought they were mega spiritual. They thought they had it going on. And Paul writes them, and he says this, What are you so puffed up about? Now, he's about, to, he's about to lay them low. Listen to this. What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? Are you able to speak? God gave that to you. You able to make money? God gave that to you. You got a good job? God gave that to you. You got good health? God gave that to you. Whatever your talent is, whatever your ability is, whatever your gifts are, they didn't originate with you. That's what he's saying. He's saying God gave it to you. All good gifts, James said, come come down from the Father of lights. If it's good and it's a gift, It came from God, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of change. God gave you everything you have. So he says, he goes on and says, and if you all, and if all you have is from God, why do you act as though you are so great? And as though you have accomplished something on your own. Well, what are you going to say to that? What I have came from God. You're sitting here tonight because God gave you the breath. He gave you the ability to get here. God keeps you alive. Our very next minute of life is in the hands of God. So when I'm thankful, I remind myself, you know what, all this happening around me, I didn't do it, God did it. I have a habit, and I've had this habit for as long as I've been pastoring. And I've been pastoring 25 years. Here's here's the habit. When I get home from a service... I immediately find a place where I can get alone. I get on my knees and I say, Lord, thank you for what you did. It wasn't Jeff Wickwire. You did it, Lord. You brought the people. 
You saved the souls. You healed the sick. You gave the church. Your spirit moved. And Lord, I just want you to know that I know where it came from. And I do it every time. So much so my dogs know where to find me when I get home on a Sunday. I go to one place and they find me. And they know what I'm doing. I'm doing that every time. I give God the glory. So when you give God the glory, you can't be proud. Amen? If you've got a beautiful singing voice, God gave that to you to glorify Him with. Amen? Now here's the the third reason Thanksgiving is mixed with prayer. Thanksgiving is the key that unlocks the door to contentment. Thanksgiving. If you're not thankful, I guarantee you, you're not content. And I think it is a curse to live on this earth and not be content. Thanksgiving is the key to contentment. Now here's why. While I I may pray for certain things, I pray first and then I thank God. It says, in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all ability to comprehend it will keep your hearts and minds. Now, what is the message here? You take your prayers to God and your prayers invariably have to do with God providing for you or changing something. You want God to change something or to provide something, to alter something. You need him to move in your life. And so you say, Lord, here's what I want you to do. I need provision. I need a new job. I need relationships. I need change. But when you end the prayer with thanksgiving, you're saying, Lord, here's what I want you to do. In the meantime, I'm content and I'm thankful. Walking in discontent will open you up to the devil like nothing else. I want you to hear me on this one now. This is free on Tuesday night. I'm saving you thousands of dollars of counseling. I'm telling you, discontent. I wish this. I wish that. It's not what I want. You will dig yourself into a grave. And when you're discontent, the devil has a door to get into your life and tempt you to things that you should not fool with to fill the void when if you were thankful, thanksgiving brings contentment, and contentment might as well be a piece of the armor. It guards you. There is Listen, thanksgiving is not just something you do. It is a power. It releases a force. It positions you to be spiritually victorious. Can I tell you something about happiness? Happiness does not come by getting everything you want. If I gave you tonight, some of you, everything you want, you'd get it, and next week you wouldn't be happy. I'm telling you, I know. It's a fact. Well, then what does make you happy? Happiness comes from being content. It comes from being content. And contentment will never visit the house of the unthankful. It won't come. If you're unthankful, you're never going to be content. Or if you can lift your hands and say, Lord, I don't have that, but thank God I do have this. 
And thank God, if I can't think of anything else, I'm saved. I can thank you that I'm saved. I'm not lost anymore. The Holy Ghost is living in my heart. I'm saved. Thank God I'm headed for eternity with Jesus Christ. Thank God I'm born again. I'm washed in the blood. My sins are forgiven. I've got a clear conscience. Most of the world can't say that. I've got riches that money can't buy. Thank God. And you thank Him. And you learn to train yourself that way. You train yourself that way. Now let me close with this. Thanksgiving is the father of optimism. When you're thankful, you're going to wind up being optimistic. You know why? How can you possibly be thankful in all things without learning to be optimistic? You've got to learn to be out. If you're going to be thankful in everything, not for everything, but in the presence of everything, in the midst of everything, if you, if you learn to be thankful that way, you've got to become an optimist. Because you've got to find where the cup is half full and not half empty. So you say, you know what? I'm thankful. And you start thinking of things to be thankful for. Well, I'm thankful I have my health. Or I'm thankful I've got enough food on the table for tomorrow. I'm thankful that I've got this and that I've got that. May not have this, may not have that, may not have this and that, or this or that. But I do have this and that and this and that. So I am thankful. And before you know it, you become an optimist. I have never known a happy pessimist, ever. Nor do I like hanging around them. It's a continual gripe fest. Man, you get around a pessimist for 10 minutes, and you need to go pray. You need to go get in the Word, because they suck the life out of you. Man, if only this and only that, and they play their violin. I say, you know what? God attends a lot of parties, but pity parties are not one of them. But an optimist, I love being around them, no matter what's going on. They find the good and they praise God for it, and that picks the spirit up. I want a church full of optimists. I want people to walk in and say, wow, I feel the Holy Spirit here. Paul was the ultimate optimist. You could not get him down you could put him in prison you could beat him you could disown him you could mock him ridicule him slander him he was always saying you know praise god and everything i just give thanks for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning me i praise god that those people are out there preaching and trying to make me feel bad i just praise god that jesus is being preached you couldn't get him down Amen. He said in Hebrews, I've learned how to be content. I've learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether a full stomach or empty, plenty or want. Well, what was the secret? It was thankful. Thanksgiving. That's the secret. So prayer mixed with thanksgiving does four things. And guys, you can, you can get the Lord's Supper ready if you'd like to. And we'll be doing it in just a moment. But Look here at these four things in summary. Being thankful with your praying maintains spiritual alertness. The second thing is the key to staying humble. Third, it's the key to experiencing contentment. And fourth, it's the father of optimism. Pastor Al, uh, Sunday night, was sharing about Matthew Henry. 
one of my all-time favorite commentator. As a matter of fact, he's in my last book. I talk about reading the Bible and Matthew Henry on my patio when God was restoring my soul. And Matthew Henry was a great man, but one time he was robbed. Some highwaymen robbed him, took everything he had on him. And I can't remember all of them, but I think I remember three. He wrote down why he was thankful for it. And he said, well, I thank God that though they took everything I had, it wasn't much. And then he said, I thank God that though they took everything I had, they didn't take my life. And then he said, and I thank God that it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. And he ended it that way. The dude got robbed. How many people do you know that got robbed? Would, would go find something to write with and tell all the reasons why they're thankful? You've got to train yourself. Amen. Well, let's stand together, can we? Can you say with me, I'm thankful? Think to thank. Remember the two always of the New Testament. Father, we just thank you for prayer mixed with thanksgiving. Thank you for the power that thanksgiving has over us. Thank you for how it guards us. And as we now pass out the elements, Lord, we are above all thankful for the blood of Jesus. Go ahead, men, and begin to pass those out. And as the plate comes by you, take the elements and remain standing for just a moment. But let's thank the Lord, most of all, for the blood of for the broken body whereby we are healed. Lord, if we have nothing else to thank you for tonight, we can thank you that Jesus died for our sins and rose again from the dead, and we have eternal life. Now, Lord, I ask you to search us and to know us and see if there be any wicked way in us and help us, Lord, to cleanse our hearts before we partake of this Lord's Supper. Now I'm going to ask you, church, to pray and ask the Lord if there's anything you need to get under the blood, anybody you need to forgive, anything you need to release, any sin that needs to be covered, ask God to do it while we worship Him. Sing it, everyone. Crucified. Crucified. Laid behind the throne. Yes, Lord. 
says he took the bread and broke it and said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me amen thank you lord lord thank you for healing on the congregation thank you for the healing that the stripes of jesus released on the world thank you that there's healing in that name and it says he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant written in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me how many of you are thankful that your sins are washed away amen let's hold it up and say lord thank you for the blood that washed my sin away, I receive forgiveness. Amen. Pass the cups towards the end of the aisle. Let's sing it now. <laughs> 